Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm really excited to bring you an interview with somebody who's been my mentor since January. His name is Dominic Bogue, and he is 29 years young, but he has been doing mediumship since he was 14 years old. And he came to me at a time in my life when I was in the deepest states of grief last year and taking a little bit of a break from my mediumship because it's hard to connect at those like higher vibrations when you're experiencing grief. And grief is not the highest of vibrations, but something that none of us escape in this life. If we have love, we will experience grief. And I had a reading with him, which was just really amazing. And I I ended up buying a reading for my best friend from him because I had such a positive experience. I've been able to watch him demonstrate multiple times this year. And he's just one of the kindest and most generous souls I've been able to work with. And I just couldn't wait to share him with you guys. So this is my interview with Dominic Bogue. I hope you enjoy the questions I asked and the experience of all the different teachings and the stories that he shares as part of his journey. And one day I will be recording a podcast episode about the journey through grief and how that really changed my mediumship. And I do hear, uh, you will hear through this interview a little bit about that, but I do intend on doing a deeper dive episode on that experience because a lot happened through it and a lot changed within my mediumship, a lot changed within my own self from going through that experience. And he has been really a catalyst for me in not just the healing journey, but finding my confidence once more in mediumship because you know you do you do come back on a little bit of shaky legs after such big heartbreak and he's been just very motivational for me and just always pushing me in the most gentle of ways to get to that next step and to get to that next level and sometimes even giving me a little bit of tough love where he's like okay Danielle it's time it's time you just got to get out there I want you to like schedule in five readings next week Um, where people pay and it's time to just fully come back. And I love that about him. It's like the most gentle as you'll hear from his voice and you'll hear from his demeanor, his cadence, his expression is just so gentle, but he's not afraid to give that tough love push as well. So I hope you enjoy the interview with my mentor, Dominic Boke. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm very excited for the podcast episode today because I am interviewing my mentor, Dominic Bogue. How are you, Dominic? Danielle, I am very well. Thank you so much. How are yourself? I'm doing amazing. I think we've discussed I have allergies, but other than that, I'm like living the grand life. So thank you so much. Living the dream. Living the dream, exactly. So I first found Dominic actually through an interview he did on We Don't Die Radio. That's when I first heard about you and I was really drawn to you. And I ended up getting a reading with you last year. You brought through my cat, you brought through my grandmother, and I really enjoyed your style of mediumship. So I approached you for some mentorship as I was coming out of my grief 
and wanting to get back into doing readings. And you've been with me for a year. You've been so incredible on my journey. So I just really wanted to share you with the audience. Do you just want to share a little bit about you, how you serve the world of spirit and people and where you live, all that fun stuff? That's all the boring stuff. Um, <laughs> well, of course, as, as you say, my, my name is uh, Dominic uh, and I am based in a small town on the west coast of Scotland. So over here in the UK, and uh, I have been working as a medium since I was 16 years of age. I started unfolding my mediumship when I was 14. Um, I spent two years really harnessing my relationship with the spirit and really just getting to know who Dominic was as a medium and what really mediumship was. And from there, I've went from public demonstrations, private readings, and exactly as you've just said, it's one of my passions, uh, which is helping others unfold their mediumship and really take it to the next level for their private readings or for their demonstration, wherever, wherever they're going. And that's really taken me all over the world from touring all over America at the age of 20 from one week it's hard to believe I went to, to the states for one week and now it's turned into nearly six months of the, the year so very privileged very very blessed to, to be able to do this work for the the spirit world and most importantly just to help heal hearts and reunite families along the way through the the, the gift of mediumship so yeah it's been a, a wonderful journey it's been an interesting journey and uh, it's been a journey of kicking and screaming as well, let me tell you. But it's been good. And uh, I'm pretty sure yourself and many of your um, followers will probably relate. Uh, I wouldn't do anything else. I couldn't envision myself doing anything else now that I'm halfway there in a sense. You know, I, I turn 30 next year. So uh, you can do the maths. And uh, it's, it's been a blessing. It really has. Yes. I mean, I have so many questions. Because, you know, I know you're celebrating 30 coming up. So you have literally been doing mediumship for over half your life. And that's a pretty phenomenal thing to consider. <laughs> Makes me feel old now, actually, when you say half of your life, you'll be talking to dead people. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, mediumship first came to my awareness when I was 14. It was uh, when I first became aware of Sylvia Brown and um, John Edwards through Montel Williams. And of course, the Crossing Over TV show. And I often wonder what my life would have been if I had followed those nudges back then. But of course, it just worked out perfectly at 31 that things unfolded for me. But watching some mediums who come into their gifts younger, just using like yourself and Tyler Henry, Monica, the medium. One thing I have always seen and wondered about is just the level of confidence these young mediums have. And I wonder if you have anything to say around that, because I guess my theory, which could be very inaccurate is, you know, by the time I was 31, I was kicked around by life quite a bit and had been through a divorce and like, you know, traumatic childbirth and all these different experiences. And it took me a while to build my confidence into mediumship. Do you think it helps being younger stepping into this just from a confidence lens? Or do you just think that's just an individual journey? You know, we could we could look at it from both perspective, individuality and looking at, you know, just youth itself. Personally, I would say being so young, I was, I, I guess you could say I, I wasn't tainted in life in a sense. I didn't have any worries of if any any peers or if anyone's going to judge me. 
you know, I was still at school, so I didn't have any um, pre-plan of, of becoming a medium. Um, and I really don't care what anyone says, but, you know, people don't just jump out of bed one day and say, hey, I'm going to be a psychic medium. You know, there's the, the spirit put you on that journey, whether it's when you're 14 years of age or whether it's when you're 40 years of age. You see, it's all about divine timing and when that soul is ready to answer that call of the awakening. Um, but yeah, you know yourself when you're young, when you're 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 still in school, when you're you, you don't have a care in the world. You, you really don't. And for me, uh, well, it unfolded very, very naturally is, is what I would say. And it was through a sudden a sudden death of, of losing my father. Um, and that was the first death that I had truly ever experienced. And after that, you know, the mediumship really began to unfold. The spirit, you know, really made their, their, their self known. And I began that journey very willingly, very willingly. And I guess we could say curiosity killed the cat because these weird and wonderful things that started to take place uh, in my life then really had me question, you know, what was going on? Am I mentally sick? Is there something more? Am I really seeing people? Can I hear the voice? What, you know, what is going on? And uh, I just, you know, threw caution to the wind and uh, walked through the, the, the spiritless church door and things, things took off from there. So being young, I, I truly do believe um, that, in some way, we, we don't have any pressure of needing to be uh, logical thinking or, or be an adult, uh, as you say, be a wife, nowadays being a mother. It takes a lot to, to let go of that baggage and really believe in, in what you are, are going through as a journey as a medium, absolutely. Yeah, well, I appreciate you because this is the first time I've been able to even talk about this because you're the first interviewer with this path. And I'm curious too about those early years and, you know, about the loss of your father and then you stepping into this, how was your mom? What was her role as you're developing this? Was she like a momager? Was she really supportive? Um, what was that like within your family? It's very, very weird because even, even before my, my father passed, uh, it's later now in life that I realized, but I was always very intuitive. I was always very psychic um, before I became mediumistically aware. And uh, I remember, you know, a few years before I, I really went into my mediumship, I was sitting with my mum. We were just carrying on. I was sitting on her lap. I was maybe 10 years of age. And she had this, this gold chain with this little crystal ball on it that you could spin. I sat and I was spinning it and I says, I can tell your future, mum. I can tell your future. And uh, it freaked her out. She's like, you know, stop it. Don't be silly. And then, as I says, when, when dad passed away, she went through grieving. I went through hearing voices and seeing my father. You know, he materialized as, as you know, as real as you and I. And that was my first encounter with him. And I went through stages of you know, did I just miss my father so much that maybe I willed that or maybe I imagined it? I went through a lot of questioning, probably my sceptical mind, I guess, uh, but I didn't tell my mum. I didn't want to tell her what was going on. Did she think I was crazy? I just didn't want to take her to that place. And I knew that she needed to heal. I knew she had to go through this. But months after dad passed, she actually went to our local spiritualist church. The medium that evening had actually brought forward a communication from my father. 
and uh, it was wonderful. Uh, great evidence, um, really true to the point, uh, down to, to the, the actual address um, that my father had been found uh, passed away. So, you know, it really opened my mum's eyes. And the medium says, your husband is telling me that your son hears the voices and that your son can do this. And uh, my mum probably gave her a look of death, like, now you're crazy. And she says, and he's telling me that I will train your son. So my mum came back that evening and she says, um, do you have something to tell me? You know, and I'm looking at her like, oh, she knows I've been bunking off of school, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> no, no. And she says, that lady, Baba, and she started to tell me that, you know, my dad had came through and uh, that's when, in a sense, I broke down and I, I told her the, the things that I had been experiencing. And uh, after that, when I, I went to the spiritualist church myself and again received a contact from dad and I just felt this is home. This is this is where I'm meant to be. This person is basically seeing what I can see, hearing what I could see. It just felt like I could relate. And uh, after that, I then started to sit under that mentor's guidance uh, three nights a week uh, at the age of 14. But my mum, she eventually did get on board when she actually started to hear local people say, oh, I seen your son and he gave me this message and it was so good, it was so clear or whatever, you know, it was. And then her friends would always come after my dad passed to sit and just give her company and just be with her, they then started to ask me to practice on them what I was learning at Circle. So my mum then started to see it come into action and things. But no, it wasn't an easy journey with mother and son for, for the, my mum believing that her son can communicate with the, the departed. But now she is a, a great support and uh, I, I like to believe she's very proud of what I do, yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. That was incredible. So I suppose like doing the math, you developed in circle for two years before yeah. you started working for the public then. And what was that transition for you? Like how, how was that transition for you? Like the inner world and then also the outer world, like, was there like high demand? Did you have to learn to balance school and mediumship? And then did you encounter any kind of like resistances? Uh, like for me, I was very nerve wracked going into public work three and a half years into my development because meeting that need was like at the top of my list and it really um, ignited a lot of fear in me. Um, you worked with me, you know how my mind works yeah, and the pressure I put on myself, right? Did you have any of that? Or are you just like, I'm just going to show up and see what happens? Um well, you know, when the two years of, of developing, you know, I, I certainly wasn't going into school and telling my friends, hey, guess where I go on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday. Um, I certainly kept that all to, to myself in a sense. But yeah, I, I really went from two years of, of starting to, to develop, starting to understand it. Um, and we were very blessed where we developed because in one of those evenings, we actually got an opportunity to stand um, and to give a, a communication to, you know, the, the, the public. And um, the, the first time I'd done that, I was like, oh God, you know, what's going to happen? Is this going to be possible or what's going to go on? Because it's okay in a circle because you become familiar with people, you feel comfortable in a circle, but when it's the public, but you know, I just... I just stood in my power and uh, to be honest, Daniel, I didn't have anything to lose, you see. Mm -hmm. um, so I just stood and I, I unfolded um, and I maybe got to do that, you know, once a week, 
once a week uh, for two years. And then my mentor started to, to, to take me around different places here in Scotland to, to serve. And then before I know it, she says, now you're ready. And the churches um, around Scotland were then starting to book me. I was starting to, to take the services in my, my home church. And it, it really just grew. But I really started to realise, you know, why, you know, what's going on? People are actually asking me to come and do readings for them, to, to, to book in at the church, to, to have a, a reading. I thought, that's crazy. There's other people and she's been doing it for five years and she's 10 years and she's a professional and I'm just, you know, a little schoolboy in the early stages. And uh, that demand just really got stronger and stronger and took off. But I didn't let it interfere with my social life, if you if you understand, with, with schooling and things, until some of my friends' mums were starting to appear at the church and then started to see me. So sl slowly but surely, as maybe then I went to being 17, people then started to, to realise what, what Dominic truly was doing uh, when he couldn't come out to play on the, the Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursdays. Yes. Oh, that would just yeah. be absolutely wild. Like, invite Dominic over. Let's have Dominic over for dinner. He might bring some of his friends. <laughs> exactly. That would be so fun. I, I love hearing that. And something I get asked a lot in my own containers, because I'm eight years into my journey now. My daughter turns eight tomorrow, which is kind of like a signifier that I've been on this development journey for eight years very consciously. And one of the things I get asked a lot is like, do you think you get better as time goes? You know, like, do you continue to improve uh, your connection with spirit and the type of information that you can kind of bring through? Because you've been doing this for half your life now. So well, have absolutely. you noticed the progression? If we, if we look at what mediumship really is as well, of, of course, we can only improve, but we will improve through life experience itself, because that's what we will use through mediumship. That's what we as a medium will relate to as the spirit communicate with us as well as life experience in a sense. But I'm a true believer that consistency so the more and more that you're practicing and the more and more that you work with the spirit you know you've heard me many times talk about building that relationship with with the other side can only get stronger and stronger and um, we've we've got to have a good balance we've got to have an equilibrium of you know your normal life as a human being as a soul living here and having an experience also then having your life as a medium and constantly communicating so we have to have that balance but absolutely the more and more that you practice i don't even want to say your craft but the more and more you practice the more and more you become aware the more and more you become stronger with the spirit i i joke with some, some of my students you know i say i didn't get this body of a greek god by just sitting at home and doing nothing you see um it's like mediumship being a muscle the more and more you exercise it then the stronger the muscle becomes you mm -hmm. see and uh, that's that's the easiest way to describe it the more you're in that power the more you're in that zone then the more trust that you will build with the spirit and the more trust that they will build with you so yeah I do believe that the more the more the more you practice then the stronger and the clearer the communication will become yeah I think that's going to help so many people because on the development path, what I see and what I experienced is like this, like, I just want to be there already. Like, I just, I just want to be hey, there. Don't already. we all? 
like be done already. <laughs> yeah, and really seeing um, mediumship as a science, not an art, because it is an art, right? And we all kind of have our own canvas and the way that we express mediumship in our own unique ways. But a lot of people do not sustain the path because it isn't easy. And it does make you look at your life and not realizing that the life actually is completely tied into the mediumship, right? We always get so bogged down with like mediumship development and we're not doing the healing work and we're not living our lives in ways that support the mediumship. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. And one of the most profound things that you said to me it was actually in the reading and I would love to talk about this because it kind of ties into um, how spirit supports us and that building that relationship with the world of spirit is when, when we hooked up, it was about six months after I went full time in my mediumship. And then I experienced a great loss. And in that veil of grief within myself, I, I just couldn't access that mediumship level. I was just like too heartbroken and I wasn't able to give people what I was like used to. So it took some time off, but meanwhile, the podcast, that you're on, like the downloads doubled and my audience doubled. And I felt this overwhelming pressure to perform this overwhelming pressure to like produce. And I remember saying to you, I feel like the expectations of me have surpassed my abilities. And you said, spirit gave you this reputation, right? So it's like putting all that pressure on me. Like I did it, but you said, you know, spirit gave you this reputation. And that was like a really big moment for me because it took a lot of pressure off of me. Like I created all this. Can you talk a little bit more about how spirit supports us in this and how they like align things for us? Or what's your experience with that? Well, you know, we have to remember that as we build this, you know, this relationship with the spirit, it goes hand in hand, you see. And although we have to deal with our own life. You know, I always say to people, I was a human being before I became a medium, mm. you see? So it's important to always check in on your own life. You see, how can you help heal other people when you're broken yourself? You see, you're grieving. You had to take that time for you. But just because you weren't necessarily connecting with your clients and delivering their messages didn't mean that the spirit world weren't working behind the scenes, mm. you see? So they never abandon us. But when we're at a time of desperation and we're at a time of need for oneself and physical life, they gently just take a step to the side and support us and still walk side and side with us. But when we start looking at trying to be a performing monkey, you know, to, to meet that expectation. How can we truly put an expectation on communicating with an individual? Well, we can't because what we are dealing with is a personality. You know, we're dealing with someone who's got their own traits, their own personality. They may be stubborn. They may be flamboyant. They may want to give you the world. We just don't know, you see. And when we surrender to the spirit and say, I am here for you, let me be the best that we can together, then that's all we can do. If you show up for the reading, I say to, to, to my clients, just trust that the spirit will show up, you see? And we can only give what we receive in that moment. We, we don't have a script. We don't have any pre-intelligence um, of being able to, to build into something that can unfold so wonderful. We, we can only go into that space in that moment. But the moment that we try to perform, what we are doing is creating monsters within our mind, which then blocks out the spirit. Whereas if we just say, I will do my best, and that's all I can offer at that moment, 
the spirit world say that is a hundred percent all we need. Mm. We don't need any more than just you offering your hundred percent. You see, and it took me a while to realize, you know, they on the other side, they are as desperate to communicate with us as we are to them. So if they have one opportunity, one opportunity to communicate with their loved one who have came for a session, then of course they're going to do their best. Mm-hmm. But that best may not be you and I's best, mm-hmm. but it's the best in that moment, mm-hmm. you see? So as you've said many times, we are not performing monkeys. We just surrender and give what we can receive. But spirit never abandon us. They never, even, you know, I've had students who have done development for maybe 10 or 15 years, Danielle, been out working the circuit and then they've went through a loss or they've had children. So their mediumship practice had been placed on the site. Mm-hmm. You see? And it doesn't mean that the, the, the individual abandoned the spirit. Well, they just didn't have the connections the way that they did. It goes back into having that consistent connection, you see? So it gently just started to go back in. We, we start to, in some way, close down and focus more on our physical life and raising the children or running the business or even our health. But when they come back to open up and to ignite that fire within that soul again for that connection of the spirit, then they just show back up, you see? Because again, if you're giving your moment and you're allowing the spirit to have your voice, then of course they're going to do their very best to use that. So never ever think that the spirit will abandon you, never. Yes, I remember um, Googling probably about, three, maybe four years into my development journey, I'm like, did spirit leave me? Am I being punished? Because I was going through so many insane life changes. And I used to use the word disconnected. A lot of people use I'm disconnected, disconnected. I really don't like that word because it feels so like definite. You know what I mean? It's like the severing. And I don't believe we can be disconnected from spirit. I don't believe we can be disconnected from, from anything, to be honest with you. It's like energy, which is like everything. Assistant, right? But I remember Googling that and I came across a blog that basically talked about, you know, sometimes you have to focus on life. Like you, you, you're meant to like, kind of like focus on life and they do kind of step to the side every once in a while so that you can be human because it does support you in your mediumship as well. And one thing I experienced and we talked through recently in the mentorship was um, how, when I came back to do mediumship for the public again, outside of even a practice setting, how much my mediumship had changed yeah. for some reason in my mind, the mindset is kind of like change is bad, but really the mediumship improved in so many ways from that big break and, and, and being transformed through grief, because it was my first time ever experiencing grief as well. Ha- have you experienced any of that? Well, you know, like we've discussed and, you know, we discussed it very recently is until death really touches your life, then you don't really know what it means to receive the gift of communication from a medium. You see, Mm -hmm. some people will never truly embark on uh, a spiritual awareness or even having belief in life after death until they have death knock on their door. And, you know, that's a sad thing and that's okay. But when we are going through changes ourselves in life, what the spirit world will be doing is having us look inwards. 
Mm. And they will point things out and they will bring our awareness to certain things ever so slightly, so subtle, that then show us. And that's where it comes into personal development and personal growth of the soul and how we move forward. So then when you and I met and we started to look at your mediumship, what you actually were, were understanding is what mediumship truly means to Daniel now mm. and what communicating with spirits for clients what it really means so we reanalyzed your mediumship we built a new foundation and we just looked at it from a different perspective so for me even in life today as you like to remind me half of my life communicating with the spirits <laughs> there has been multiple changes multiple changes when I first began communicating with spirits my clairvoyance was so good I could see the spirit right down to the the you know the, the the Mickey Mouse belt that he was wearing or the description of the the sneakers uh he had two blue eyes and one was a little bit fog you know I could really really see and even when it came to audiences I could see where the spirit would stand mm. you see but then when I was 18 I was struck down with a rare condition that actually made me lose my sight over a very quick period of time so I actually only have 20 percent of vision so I had to analyze my whole life. My whole life was crashing down in front of me. My dreams were basically all over. And I went into a few months of depression where I says to the spirit, no more. How could you do that to me? Why me? So I had to then reanalyze my life. And not once did they abandon me. I always became aware of them, but I shut them off. But then I realized how much I needed them because I kept getting people asking me, can you do a reading? Can you do this? Can you do this? I need this. But also having feedback coming with readings that had affected people's life and how that changed their life as well. So I reflected of saying, Dominic, you've still got a life. You can still do other things. There's worse things that could happen. Pick yourself up, put your big boy pants on. And I've had to bounce back. But they helped me do that. They helped me go inwards first to see the beauty that I still had in life to then start bringing back into this world. I love that. That's beautiful. And I appreciate that. One thing I want to touch on because it's fascinating to me, clairvoyance is an enigma to me, right? Because <laughs> I, I love clairsentience. I'm like, it's just, it is what it is. It's just like, it's factual to me. It's like, you can't make up an emotion. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very like real to me and accurate. So I love my clairsentience, but clairvoyance, it's like 50, 50. I'm like, if it's my imagination or if it comes from spirit, because it, the discernment isn't that great. Right. For, for me with the clairvoyance and you said something fascinating and I loved it, which was around, you see future events in color and past events in, in black and white or, or yeah. shades. Can you explain how you kind of like iron that out? Like that's very detailed, but I'm a detailed person. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think you find that fascinating. It all comes back to, you know, me building that relationship with spirit and realizing that when I see imagery in black and white, so whether it's within my, my clairvoyance or my, my mind's eye, or whether it's things visually being placed around me. So I started to say, well, is this a memory? So I would then ask the spirit, this, this image you're showing me, is this a memory? And I would receive, whether it be a feeling or, or, or you know, a clear audience, yes, it's a memory. Your memory, yes. So then I started to look at the past. And again, I tried to be a logical thinker. 
most things that we see in black and white are things that have already happened. If we look before we had the beauty of technology, all pictures were done in black and white. So if we see a black and white image today, we know that that's happened. That's then gone in a sense. So I started to realize through this connection with spirit that images I see in black and white would be memories from the spirit, things that they remember, whether it be the, the old fashioned car that they, they drove or whether it be images of an old house where they lived, anything, you see, anything. And then I started to say, so the, the in colour, well, that's, that's a more present feeling, isn't it? That feels more like things in life and that's vibrant. So how does this come into to a, how does this come into picture? And when we analyse images, we have to pay attention to the detail, the clothing, you see, and the, the, the details around the images. And I started to realise that's in life. This is something going on. This is, this is what they have seen happen around life just now. So that's something I started to play with because it then allowed me to say, well, you know, since your mum's passed, she shows me that you have now got two daughters and one would have brown hair. Would that be true? Yes, I do. Mm. Things like that then showed me that's proof of life after death, yes. because that's things that this spirit has witnessed since they have departed. So going into details like that through clairvoyance, I just find it absolutely fascinating because it really does, in a sense, bring the communication to life for the, 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 the client as well. Because if you go through this life grieving with horrible thoughts or, or, or images of someone's last moments they're not always the greatest are they so if we can take that away from the grieving client and say your mum shows me the time that you both were paddle boarding in the lake and she pushed you over do you remember this yes I do well then actually replaces that 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 dark moment which is only a moment in their life it's not a lifetime it then brings in a healing. It then replays the, the life they share together, you see? So in a sense, the clairvoyance can also bring the communication to life. Yeah, I love that. And a really important word that you mentioned within that is that you had to play. You had to play around with it for a while yeah. and, and to kind of iron it out. And it's something that I talk about in my six-week program is the reality of this is it took me getting some things wrong dozens of times before I started ironing it out and giving yourself time and space to be wrong and to like not get yeses all the time to kind of like flush out what some of this communication is. And that's a barrier I see to a lot of people developing as well is like not being wanting to be vulnerable enough to like play and just see like, what is it that they're trying to express? It's got to, you know, I, I says to you, I, I think I just said to you yesterday, you know, let's focus rather than the destination, focus on the adventure. And that's what spirit, you know, even every reading I do, you know, I have three sessions when I finish with you the, this evening. I don't know how they're going to go. I don't know who's going to come and communicate with me. All I know is I have a seven, an eight and a nine o'clock appointment, point blank. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited for that. It's an adventure. You see, and playing around with the spirit is where we, we, we learn. But if we are always 100% perfect, which I really don't believe we can be, if we are, then we will never learn. Whereas when we receive information wrong, we then go back and say, well, how did I get that wrong? What were you trying to show me? Where was I misinterpreting or what did I create? 
you see mm. so it's about having or allowing yourself to be wrong you know I say to you all the time do not be scared to be wrong because it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It could be you're misinterpreting. It could be that the client isn't understanding right at that moment. Or it could be that the information is just unknown at that time that could then come later. So just surrender to it, but go back to the spirit and say, give me something more that could validate that or give me something else that could help point this information in the right direction. Have that relationship with your communicators. Be open to be wrong and just say, well, you know, if it's wrong, it's wrong. I do apologize. Yeah. So you do. You're only human. Yeah. Have fun. Mediumship's got to be fun. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of shifts in working with you this year, um, just being more courageous in my mediumship, going for everything I get. And you helped me. I remember even just a couple of weeks ago doing a reading in front of you where I was like, oh, dad sees that you have like new vehicles. You're like, what color are the vehicles that <laughs> make it like forcing yeah. me to get like those details? And I was able to get it. It's just it's just like being your own mentor in those moments, just saying you can get this, like push for it. Like you don't be afraid to kind of get it wrong. And it's been really freeing for me. And the other thing I do know is like what you're just talking about is like, I do wake up whenever I have readings on the docket now, it's like, I get really excited for them. I'm like, I'm excited to do mediumship today. It's been this really kind of like beautiful year of unfolding and just changing so much. Thanks to you. Just like pushing me continuously. Okay. It's time. It's time to do this now. Now I think we're going to focus the last little bit of our year together on groups and facing some of those fears. Right. That's what it is. And that's that's the biggest thing. And you know, let's, let's face it. Fear holds us back in this human experience in anything we do, not just mediumship. You see, whether it be roller coasters, I do not go on roller coasters. I do not go on fast things. I do not go on things I don't have control of because I have that fear. I'm a big scaredy pants, but I choose not to overcome that. I don't need to overcome that because if I don't go on a roller coaster, I couldn't care less. You see, so I don't worry about that. But there's other things in life where we have to say, this is holding me back. So let me just surrender and trust. It's the same with mediumship. Please do not be under any illusion that I first stood up and says, I'm coming to you with the lady with the the blue jacket. I've got your son. He tells me this. He tells me that. Absolutely not. I had to start small, build that confidence, be courageous and throw caution to the wind. I had to give myself that permission to say, well, if it's not her son, then it's okay, but it's her nephew then, you see, and then go on into the communication. Well, why did I feel it was her son? Would you understand that you raised him? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So I then realized actually, Dominic, you're wor- working with the emotional bond that spirit and the recipient had together. So there's magnitudes, but it's all about these, these learning curves. These no's give us learning curves. You see, so for anyone watching, the greatest thing I would say is allow yourself to be okay to 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 get it wrong, because then you can go back to the spirit world and say, well, where was it going wrong? What did I do wrong? Because then you will learn. It's all about growth. Absolutely. And I do think mediumship is requires a lot of courage, right? Like going into a nine to five, like you have your expectations, you have your roles, you have your jobs, like you're kind of told what to do and going into mediumship, like you say, you have a seven, eight, nine, and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I'm showing up and I know spirit's going to show up and I'm going to do the best I can. And it takes walking through that level of uncertainty and just showing up 
as your best self. And I think that that takes a lot of courage. <laughs> of course it does. And, and again, it's, uh, that, that will probably come with any profession as well. You see, you want to be able to do the best that you possibly can. And, you know, let's face it, we're providing a service. You see, mm-hmm. whether it's from a healing point of view or, or whatever, you see, we're providing a service and we want to be able to provide that to the best of our abilities. But unfortunately, like we said, you know, mediumship's not an exact science. So we can only surrender and pray and, you know, extend that hand by saying, I'm here for you. Come closer, come closer. If the heart is open, miracles can happen. I'm a true believer in that, you see. And if the intention is right, then we just we just go with it. But we have to stop putting ourselves into a performing monkey situation or I must, I must, I must. Because in reality, we just never know. So be okay with that. Find your courageous side. Find your vulnerable side. Mediumship is good to be vulnerable in mediumship as well. Because coming out of your comfort zone will help you become the best version that you can. Like yourself, when we first got together and I seen the organic mediumship that you could do. And you said to me, I just feel I could do more. I, 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 I years I, I could go into many layers and depth and I just don't do it the way I used to. It says, okay, let's let's start right back at the very beginning. Let's look at your mediumship again and let's just take it further. But I had to take Daniel out of her comfort zone. I had mm. to take you away from old teachings to show you my way of thoughts to see if it could work for you. But you had to surrender to do that. You had to trust Dominic to do that. But yeah. most importantly, you had to trust the spirit to guide you in that moment as well. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And, you know, going back to even something earlier said about how we like kind of like change and evolve and stuff like since going through that experience of like really deep grief, I actually attract and can hold space more for people in deep grief. Whereas before, because I didn't understand it, I would attract more lighthearted readings or just people look just kind of curious. And then this year, since kind of opening up and the game being kind of broken down and, and regrowing myself through my mediumship, I'm actually able to work with like broken hearts at a level I couldn't before. It's It's been kind of like this beautiful, there's that saying like breakdown to breakthrough a little bit, right? Oh, and- so it's very true. But again, like even for me, you know, if I'm with clients mm-hmm. and we are going through an emotional journey, an emotional part through the reading, I say to them, you know, I just stare them straight in the face and I say, please, please break down in front of me if you need to, because I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they might not feel comfortable in it around people to be that person. You know, some people try to be so tough and so strong for the family. They don't have that opportunity to just break down and let it all go. And I say, give it to me. Let's 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 take that so that then we can replace those tears and those, the sadness of the beautiful memories and the messages and the communication. Yeah. We've got that. to break through. You understand that. Yes, I appreciate that. So what are some tips or advice or inspirations you can give to people who are just developing their mediumship? Like, what do they need to know? What are some of the most important things that they need to know? Uh, The best teacher they will ever find is the spirit. 
definitely to go and see as many mediums demonstrate as they possibly can because every medium will work in their own unique way so it's good to go and see how people work and you know what what feels right what feels wrong so just just go and observe the the world of the spirit and again we've got the beauty of youtube nowadays as well where we can watch mediums from the past even present mediums um, but i would certainly say go and experience i would stick to one thing you know, I see many mediums um, in development will try to jump from mental mediumship, trans mediumship, angel communication, whatever. Find what your forty is and find what your passion is and then really harness it. And then if something else comes around, then trust that the spirit have guided that. Definitely get into a circle. Find a safe space where you feel comfortable with a tutor that you feel comfortable dedicating time to so that they can nourish you and guide you, but be able to get a circle so you can practice. You know, like I said, getting into that zone and building um, that power, if you can do that more frequently in a safe environment and space with people that you trust and feel comfortable to be vulnerable around, um, then you will build that relationship with the spirit world. But yeah, I... The greatest tip is just have fun with it. Have fun and um, do not compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to other mediums because the spirit world certainly don't want Danielle to be another Dominic because trust me, one's enough. You know, they've seen something ever so beautiful in you. That's why they started to build their attention to you. So let them guide you. I've seen so many students say, you know, I, I, why does she get names and I don't? And why can he get the, the, the passing and I don't? Why? Let's look at what you can do. Let's look mm -hmm. at what you are able to achieve rather than compare yourself to other people. Because when we compare ourselves to other people, we then start to become robots. And then the natural organic mediumship that's already there, we start to then manufacture. We don't want to do that. We want to just to flow naturally. We need foundation. We need guidance but we also need to allow it to unfold organically as well. Yes, I love that. And you're one of my favorite mediums to watch demonstrate, truly. And I've gotten to see you on the um, Sandra Champlain's Sunday service. Like every time I get an email, Dominic's demonstrating, I'm like, register, registering. And you do demonstrations as well outside of that platform as well. So how can people find your medicine? How can people work with you? Like how can people keep in touch with you? The greatest way nowadays really is social media, isn't it? You know, they can find me just by typing in Google, but just Psychic Medium Dominic Bogue on Facebook. I'm very active on there. I post my events, I post my journeys, and uh, I just, you know, I try to be as interactive with the fans uh, or the followers, whatever you want to call them, as much as possible. And uh, for any of my events and private readings, they can only get all that information one place, one place only. Uh, as dominicbogue.com, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-B-O-A-G.com. Yes, and we'll have links to everything below so you can just kind of like click on them, definitely check out. He does demonstrations and classes. And are you still doing a retreat next year in Scotland? We are indeed. We have two. The first retreat sold out in nine days. Oh, and so we're running so that for, yeah, so we're running that for five days. Uh, myself, Scott Milligan and uh, Josephine McKenzie. Mm -hmm. And because it sold out so quickly, it was only fair, wasn't it? I mean, let's be serious. It was only fair to then do another date. So we have another one in October, the same venue as well. You know, we've been so caught up and locked at home for nearly two years and people have been missing their development. And mm -hmm. it just felt right now to try to 
come together and that's what we've we've named it together with spirit you know mm. so yeah I I need to come like I Scotland's my favorite place in the whole world I used to go every single year I mean people are just gonna love your accent I love the Scottish accent and like I need to find a way to get there I'm so bummed I missed the summer one but with the babies I'm like of course I but it's my 40th next year so I do have a little bit of a leg up <laughs> <laughs> You're like, come on. For my 40th, I'm like, maybe I can go to Scotland I, on myself for a week. To yourself. Right. So I just try to save a spot for me because I'm like, I love Scott Milligan as well. Like his trance is amazing. And Josephine, I got a read for. So love her as yeah, well. You and, did. You did. Yes. And so thank you, Dominic. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast and get to share you with the world. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. You're so welcome. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to squamishmedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish Medium. The link in the bio has everything I am currently working on in service to the world of spirit. Have a great day, guys.